Welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show, brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galante along with Dustin Hawkinsmith and this is quarter number one brought to you by Collegiate Athletic Travel. That's right. They are doing it again. The great trip to watch Penn State on the road, this time for the Rose Bowl. This is a fantastic trip, Dusty. They've got a round-trip charter flight out of Harrisburg with Southwest Airlines. It's a three-night stay at Lowe's Hollywood Hotel. Rose Bowl parade tickets, transfers to everything, to the pep rally, to the parade, to the ball game. Take care of everything, which really cool. If you're one of our listeners already out in the West Coast or if you have your flight arrangements, they have a land package only available. Or if it's the reverse, you have everything else taken care of, but not the flight. They have flight only packages. So they've got all kinds of options for you. What I do know is they are first class with the trip. Take care of everything for you. You could check it all out at athletictravel.com. Or call 814-238-4987 and get that Rose Bowl trip off your bucket list. All right, Dustin, how you doing? You ready to talk some more Penn State football today? I'm ready. I think my, my voice is still in the comeback trail, but I feel as focused and sharp as ever, which is not very much of either one of those things. But I'm here, aren't I? You are dusty. Come on. A cold and it takes more than a week. What's wrong with you? That's weak. I keep showing up though. You know, I'm playing hurt. (laughs) All right. Well, let's get right to it, Dusty. We got a lot to talk about this week. And by the way, special note, quarter number four, special guest, and we're going to talk some wrestling. That's right up Dustin's alley. So stick around. Our special guest is the voice of Penn State Wrestling, Jeff Byers. So something to look forward to there. But first, let's talk football. We got a NFL draft decision this past week from Parker Washington. I thought this would be a good time, Dusty, to talk about the decisions that have been made so far already with the players. We had Parker Washington, previously Joey Porter, and Olufashanu making their decisions also. And what's interesting about these three, what they all have in common, all dealt with injuries late in the season. Yeah, how about that? That really can throw a wrench into things. It makes each individual's decision unique, which they are they are in the first place. And it kind of comes down to how much did the injury impact things? Um, how much did that impact maybe draft stock? Which I think in the case of, Joey Porter Jr. and Olu Fashanu, I don't know if it impacted things all that much. I think they were both still very much in the first round mix. You had one choose to go and one choose to stay, which we'll talk about later. Parker Washington is probably the most interesting of the three cases, though, in terms of um, what is he exactly? You know, did he need to have a, a year where he stepped into the spotlight, stepped into the number one role and really dominated? Or is the tape kind of out? I mean, I think you can... Uh, kind of figure out who he is as a prospect. And I'm not sure that that much changed, but you know, I think he does leave Penn state on a note where I don't know, maybe fans weren't all that satisfied with the way that he was used and, and the production certainly didn't uh, merit writing home about, but I do think NFL scouts kind of have the book on Parker Washington at this point, 
whether he caught a hundred passes or 10 passes might not have mattered all that much. He's got a pretty good three-year track record. He's got pretty darn good tangible testing numbers. And I think that'll be an interesting part of the process, but his departure does kind of throw things into flux at that wide receiver spot. It does, Dusty. And let me uh, start with this as an opinion. We as fans often are critical of players for the decisions they make. And we're doing it with limited information. And, you know, and I'll say with Parker Washington, I'm not as convinced as you are that everything is on tape that scouts could see and the final chapter has been written for his college career as far as the NFL draft people are concerned. I thought coming back with the chance to be a lead guy on a really good team with a really good quarterback could really up his stock. Now, you mentioned in your notes, you think he's a day two pick. Well, that's pretty variable. I've seen uh, round three. I've seen round four. I've seen later. And I thought another good year could really get him up into that, if not first round, at least second round, which I think would mean a lot of money for him. Now, with that said, it doesn't mean it's a wrong decision for him. Third and fourth round picks make like three or four million dollars. That that's not a bad payday, Dusty. He'll do okay for himself. You know, it's not it's not what I consider a lot of money, Jim, but um he'll <laughs> he'll do all right. And uh, you know, I I think the the thing is you have to think about your rookie contract. You have to think about it in those terms because there's not a whole lot guaranteed about how long you're gonna play. Uh, if your team's going to keep you or not, I mean, from one year, from one week to the next, uh, you know, things are just so uncertain about, about the future. And I think, you know, what it comes down to is I don't think you make the decision based on so much. Am I a third rounder, a fourth rounder, a second rounder rather, do I believe that I can play for a long time in the league? Do I really believe that I belong in the league? Um, and I think, um, in Parker Washington's case, that, question and that answer probably rose to the top, you know, more so than, than the difference in money, uh, which certainly the advice that you get is going to be around those, you know, those dollar figures based on where you're drafted. Um, and, I, but you know, the one thing I do think Parker Washington has going for him is that his role is pretty clearly defined. You know, he, he's not going to be the number one at the next level. He's going to be a complimentary piece. And, uh, he's going to be a, a prototypical slot receiver, a third option type guy. And I think a team's going to be in the market for that. And you look at what is on film for him when it comes to balance, acrobatics, the shiftiness, the speed, the ability to break that first tackle. I mean, he does a lot of really good things on film. And I think the stats that he put together for his career, almost 2000 career receiving yards in three years started out right as a freshman. I mean, I think, all those things add up to him being not, I think a best case scenario, the scenario you pointed out where he had a really good year and stayed healthy, probably, you know, a second round type candidate. But now I think you'll see him go in the third or the fourth, but I don't see him going a lot, a lot further down than that, because I think he shows that for the role that he's going to have at the next level, he's a pretty darn good player and he was pretty productive doing it. I think we, as people who have been watching Penn state and following this team, 
I believe we probably think more highly of him than the rest of the world was. And I think we know better because of seeing him for, for these last couple years. I also wonder with injury, you know, does that affect his ability to get ready for the draft, for the combine with his numbers? Hopefully that will not affect him. Yeah, a little bit of a rest and 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 layoff could help him get ready for that. Um, and I do think just one other thing that's a point in his favor is that you see the 49ers with Debo Samuel. Uh, and I think of Cordero Patterson from the Atlanta Falcons. The guys who can blur the lines between running back and wide receiver are gaining value in the, in the National Football League. And I think um, I sounded like Mark Schlereth or somebody there in the National Football League. Um, but I think that helps him because he can be a guy who can blur the line between wide receiver and running back at the next level. Uh, pretty soon I want to see hear you break into your John Facenda voice. Let's move on. And a pretty quick and easy one is Joey Porter Jr. He's, he's a first-round pick. He's got a first-round body. He's got a first-round uh, level of work on film. He had the appendicitis. He maybe was a little rusty in the game that he came back, Dusty, but... He's going to be fine. He's going to be healthy. Joey, go make lots of money. Go be a first-round pick. Go make us all proud of you, right? Yeah, I I think anybody should understand that he – you know, left the regular season having solidified his place from his pedigree to what his tangibles are, his measurables. I think the the game film that he put together this season all solidified his place as a top flight potential cornerback at, at the next level. And who doesn't want a guy who can really move, who's six foot two, six foot three, whatever they list him at, with those long, long arms. You know, all the things that you want in a cornerback, he has shown it. There's not much left for him to prove um, at this level. Was certainly wasn't enough to come back for another year. That wouldn't have helped him very much. Um, could only have hurt him. And I don't, I don't get offended by him skipping the bowl game either. You know, I think you've you've seen some horror stories of guys who 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 played, um, and you know get hurt, and it affects them, you know, potentially forever. And it's just like. If it's not a national championship type game, is, is it really worth it? Even the Rose Bowl. So, you know, for a guy like him where there's a lot of value uh, for him at the next level, why, why risk it? And I, I think and I hope that Penn State fans understand that. I, I think they do, Dustin. And I disagree with you on only one small point, which is you said he has very little to prove. I think he has nothing to prove, right? Yeah, I, I think that, that that's a fair assessment, yeah. Let's move on quickly to Olu Fashionu. I was surprised that he is coming back. Uh, I think if he's got a first-round grade, that's tough to pass up. I think credit to him. It makes me question, you know, what his mystery injury is, how serious is it, how much did that affect his decision. But... If we look on the effect of the Penn State team, I didn't mention it, but I don't think Joey Porter leaving hurts Penn State's defensive backfield that much. They have so much talent coming. Parker Washington will talk about guys who can replace him, but to have this level of play or come back for the offensive line is huge for this team next year, is it not? Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, you think about the most important positions in, in football, left tackle is high on that list. 
to get a guy who's a certain NFL pick. I don't see him going down the same road as Rashid Walker. I don't think the the hype is out of control or anything for fashion. I think he's a very, very legitimate prospect, huge win for Penn state to bring him back, especially as he says, because he thinks that, that, that the, the nucleus they have can do some big things next year. And I think there are going to be some guys who agree with him, whether that's guys on the current roster choosing to come back or not, whether that's a high school recruit or more in particular, I think the transfer portal, you see a left tackle come back, you see that quarterback. It's going to be an enticing draw, I think, for some of these players to come to Penn State and feel like they can compete for a championship. Exactly. It's huge. And if he's coming back, I think it will convince a few other people to come back that there is something special going on with this team in, in 23. We'll, we'll see how that comes out. We've still got lots more to talk about. Come back for quarter number two. The Nittany Lions are headed to Pasadena for the Rose Bowl, and you can join them. Collegiate Athletic Travel is offering a three-night package, including nonstop charter flight with Southwest Airlines from Harrisburg to L.A. Burbank Airport. Stay at the Lowe's Hollywood Hotel. Rose Bowl parade tickets and all transfers are included. Here's your chance to attend the Rose Bowl and let Collegiate Athletic Travel do all the work. Land-only package is available, too. Go to athletictravel.com or call 814-238-4987. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. Hi, this is Dustin Hawkinsmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to keystonesportsnetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's keystonesportsnetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. It's quarter number two on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number two. I'm Jim Galante along with Dustin Hawkinsmith. And our quarter number two is brought to you by our friends at 409 Tailgate Club. You know all about their great sauces, their chicken rub, the Bloody Mary mix. Now they're introducing something new, their coffee barbecue dry rubs. Yep, you heard me right. Coffee barbecue rubs, and they are fantastic. They're a unique low-sodium blends, and they feature coffee from W.C. Clark's Roasters in the cheese shop from State College. 
if you're a state college person, you know what I'm talking about there with their coffee. It's in time to make a great Christmas gift. If you want to know more or you want to place your order, just go to 409tailgateclub.com. You will not regret it, Dustin. Trust me. Good stuff there. All right. Ready to move on? Yeah, football time, baby. We're we're looking at uh, at red shirts here, and I think it's a good good timely topical subject. It is, you know, Dustin. Every year I say this, I believe these are the most forgotten guys on the team. We are so enamored, first of all, with the freshmen who have played and used up their red shirt. We know all those names. We know Nick Singleton, Drew Aller, Zane Durant, Abdul Carter, Denai Dennis Sutton. I mean, the list goes on. And and then we start thinking about the shiny new objects to the class of 23. We forget about these red shirts, and there's plenty of talent still here. Let's start with the offense, Dusty. And one of the places when we talk transfer portal, we're all saying, what about wide receiver? We know Mitchell Tinsley would be gone. We talked about Parker Washington being gone. Those were the two sure things in the in the on the 22 team. So there's going to be plenty of openings here for people to step up. One of the guys that we talked about a lot when he came into this class was Caden Saunders. And I don't know if I was surprised that he didn't burn his red shirt this year. But I thought it was definitely a possibility to do that. Yeah, I mean, I think in a lot of years, uh, if Penn State maybe is scraping the bottom of the barrel or, or you know, maybe even a situation like next year uh, where there's not a lot of proven options, then a guy like Caden Saunders would be very deserving of burning his redshirt. I think that redshirting him was a luxury to help him build up his functional play strength and, and to really get up to speed with how to play fast on the field. I think, you know, he and Amari Evans came in at the same time. Um, Evans from Texas, a, a less heralded recruit than Caden Saunders was. But I think Omari Evans was in a better position to use that speed that he's got early. And I think the way that he plays and, and his style was more of a compliment to what Penn State already had coming back where there was some overlap, I think, with Saunders and, you know, in particular, Parker Washington. But the fact that Caden Saunders did not play this year, I don't think it is an indictment at all. I think it's a good thing that he was able to build himself up a little bit behind the scenes. And uh, I, I assume that they want to see him play with greater strength. He's a, he's a small guy that I think needed a little bit of time to, uh, you know, be able to break free from arm tackles and, and like I said, really play fast. You know, use that speed to the best of his ability. He'll definitely be a factor next year and somebody that you don't want to forget about just because he didn't play as a true freshman. Let's look at the other guys, uh, Tyler Johnson, Anthony Ivey, and I'm particularly curious about Christian Driver, who they started out in the defensive backfield and now are moving him over to wide receiver. I think for them to make that kind of move, I think that tells us something, Dusty. Well, the thing that I think it tells us is uh, that they are going to be flexible with what the player wants. And the, I think Christian Driver has made it pretty clear, like he sees himself as a wide receiver. I personally thought his best position was going to be safety. And he started out at cornerback as a means to get to safety. That's what James Franklin said late in the year uh, to kind of pick up those coverage skills. He was, it was going to help him become a better player. 
Um, but I think he, he expressed before signing day or on signing day that he saw himself as a wide out, that he was trusting the coaching staff and what they were telling him as far as starting out on the defensive side of the ball. I, I, I kind of feel like this might have been player driven as much as anything um, to bringing him back to offense. I, I think he's got an interesting future. I think he under he processes the game well and seems to really be technically solid in all these different positions that, that he may or may not have, have started playing. So he, he's an interesting guy. It's just, you know, when, when you start your career uh, on the defensive side and you transition back in the middle of a season, where does that put you developmentally, you know, as, as it relates to these other guys who have from day one, from the jump, who have been training and practicing every single day as, as a wide receiver. That's what I'm going to want to see is how, to what extent can he close that gap, so to speak, this offseason coming up? What about Tyler Johnson and Anthony Ivey? I'm a big Anthony Ivey fan. Um, I, th- I think he he's one guy out of this group who I think has probably, you know, Caden Saunders, I really like his future. Anthony Ivey as a perimeter threat, um, I think looks like a, he can be a really good player coming up. And uh, maybe that's as a redshirt freshman next year. You know, he has a possibility here to make a move. And I, I, I see on film a little Jahan Dotson to his game where he's very purposeful and, and, and smooth in and out of his routes, um, just plays the game a little bigger than his frame is. So I think Anthony Ivey is, is somebody that I'm going to watch very, very closely and try to listen, especially as we go through bowl practice here. And these young guys get a little bit more um, prime time, uh, practice uh, reps that I want to see what is said. And I want to see what comes out of that for Anthony Ivy, because if you're looking at this group of, of four freshmen and certainly you look at Keandre Lambert Smith and Harrison Wallace and Liam Clifford coming back, uh, Amari Evans. I mean, the cupboard's not bare as in terms of, you know, guys who can play bigger roles next year, but I think Anthony Ivy has a, has a chance to make a real move on the step chart. And you know what, Dusty, the opportunity is there to emerge there's it's this is not quarterback you could have three and even four of these players on the field at the same time and this past year you were probably only comfortable with two of the wide receivers and both of them are going to be gone even if you bring in a couple transfer portal players there's going to be a lot lot of space for players let's go to I know a favorite player of a lot of people, especially the coaches, is Vega Ioane, the offensive lineman. He was a late pickup in uh, the recruiting cycle. He's just a big, strong kid who looks like he was almost going to lose his red shirt this past year. Probably one more issue in the interior of the offensive line, and he would have played more, which tells you the coaches expect him to get on the field. Yeah, and, and I think, yeah, I know circumstances almost made that necessary, but, um, you know, I, I feel like when with, with Vega, how, how often did you hear, you know, let's say Golden Israel Chumba or, you know, that, that group, Nick Dawkins or, you know, some some of the other guys who are who are like that sophomore, redshirt sophomore age guy. How many times have you heard that they're close to seeing the field? And ha- not very much. I mean, they haven't been a point of discussion, which isn't the end all end all be all, right? Like it's not to say that they can't make a leap in year four or something like that. It happened, it has happened before. Uh, but I think that's where Vega Iwane kind of separates himself is that if he's on the tip of James Franklin's tongue. 
behind the scenes, he's using that big frame of his six, four, three He's got that kind of raw power. I think he's got, he moves pretty well for that size. He seems to have the right temperament. I mean, he seems to be doing a lot of really good things. If he's going to command potentially that role, um, he, regardless of what happens with injuries, you know, I, I feel like there have been some other guys who wouldn't even be considered in this situation. The fact that he was the fact that he came along so late, the fact that he was a three-star, I mean, it, it all points to Penn state kind of nailing it with the evaluation and the recruitment and that late addition to this recruiting class. It really does feel that way. And I'd be shocked if he wasn't a factor next year. It just feels like that that's the trend. That's where he's headed. And again, that's so important on the offensive line. You don't know what other players we mentioned. Fashionu is coming back, which is helpful. And Hunter Norzad is coming back. There's a few other guys we don't know. So any more depth you could get in that position is well received. Let's go to an interesting one is quarterback Bo Perbola, Dusty. And you know, it, he's in an interesting position. We talked about Christian Veyer moving on. He's one year ahead of Drew Aller, but behind him in the depth chart. Now you have a situation with Bo Perbola coming out of the same class. What do you expect to see from him going forward? Well, I think he's going to hang around. You know, and, and I think that that is a really good thing for Penn State. And the the, the odds don't suggest that it, that it's very likely. I think you bring in two quarterbacks in one class. Um, I didn't think we would see Penn State make a clear determination right away the way that they did with Drew Aller. But I think that spoke to how how well Drew Aller progressed um, this past summer. But Bo Prabola, you know, I think he's he goes from being buried and it's maybe discouraging to be in the same class as a guy and have him move on. But now you look at it, maybe Drew Aller, he burns his red shirt in year one. You have your red shirt. Drew Aller might play two years at Penn state and move on. And at that point in time, you will have just finished your red shirt sophomore year. Maybe you got two years to start. You have a one year advantage on Jackson Smolik, who's coming in, who I'm not all that intimidated if I'm Bo Perbola anyway. So now he's he's in a pretty good position where he's an injury or something away from, from seeing the field. He's a year ahead of, of a guy who um, probably needs some development time himself. So I, I feel like Penn State got the perfect guy to pair with Drew Aller and a Pennsylvania kid who wanted to play at Penn State, who maybe understood that he needed development time, who was going to keep fighting, had that kind of internal fortitude to fight. I mean, I think Bo Perbola, uh is in a good position now as far as, as, far as he goes. Um, whether he's a deserving backup, whether he's a guy who can carry this team if he needs to, we'll, we'll see. But... I think he's got the opportunity that's good enough for him to stay. And he's the kind of guy, after watching films of him in high school, I'd be comfortable with him going into a game and at least handling the pressure of it. Real quick, finally, Jerry Cross, the tight end. Yeah, I mean, he he might have more of an opportunity coming up, but Penn State also brings in two tight ends in the in the 23 class. Like, I think he's got to fight for his playing time. And the good news is there, Penn State has shown that they will play three tight ends at a time. It's easy to see him part of that rotation sometime here in the, in the near future. But he is going to have competition getting on the field. Besides who's coming back among the tight ends, Khalil Dinkins is going to start out ahead of him. And as you said, pursuit from below with the freshman coming in. 
That's it for quarter number two. Quarter three, we're going to go to the other side of the ball and look at the redshirt players on defense. The Nittany Lions are headed to Pasadena for the Rose Bowl, and you can join them. Collegiate Athletic Travel is offering a three-night package, including nonstop charter flight with Southwest Airlines from Harrisburg to L.A. Burbank Airport. Stay at the Lowe's Hollywood Hotel. Rose Bowl parade tickets and all transfers are included. Here's your chance to attend the Rose Bowl and let Collegiate Athletic Travel do all the work. Land-only package is available, too. Go to athletictravel.com or call 814-238-4987. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new Coffee Barbecue Dry Rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. Hi, this is Dustin Hawkinsmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to keystonesportsnetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's keystonesportsnetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. Let's get back to the action on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It's quarter number three. I'm Jim Galante along with Dustin Hawkinsmith. Quarter number three brought to you by our friends at Collegiate Athletic Travel. Remember... If you want to check off Rose Bowl off your bucket list, this is the best way to go. Chartered flight out of Harrisburg with Southwest Airlines. You get to stay at the Lowe's Hollywood Hotel. Three nights. Tickets to the Rose Bowl Parade. Just everything taken care of for you. They also offer land-only packages. Or if you're just looking for transportation out there, you could uh, do a flight-only package. Learn everything you need to know by going to athletictravel.com or call 814-238-4987. All right, Dusty, we've been talking red shirts. We were on the offensive side of the ball in quarter number two. Let's go to the other side of the field where we've already seen guys like Deny Dennis Sutton burn his red shirt as a freshman, Zane Duran at tackle, Abdul Carter at linebacker. What is it? Uh, Cam Miller at cornerback. Every level, someone from the freshman class has already made his mark as a freshman, but we're not done. There are more players there. Let's start Let's start in the defensive backfield. Let's start with Makai Flowers and what we know about him. 
Well, I think he has the possibility to be a really dynamic guy. Um, could be kick returns, could be punt returns, could be as that kind of rangy, um, make a play on the ball type of safety. Um, Penn State hasn't had a ton of those guys, but you know, you look at him on film and just twitchy and fast and, and just kind of has a flair for playing the game. Um, you know, I, 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 I kind of hit me that they had a lot of safety types in this class. One moved to cornerback and ultimately to wide receiver and Christian driver. Uh, one burned his red shirt uh, this year in KJ Winston. Uh, another one uh, moved up the linebacker and Tyrese Mills, who we'll touch on shortly. So that leaves Flowers, who I, I thought might need a little development time to learn how to play in the system and communicate and all the things that a rookie player might struggle with. But in terms of his ceiling, I'm still very much a big believer in what he can do. And I think, you know, James Franklin talks about erasers and, and those types of players. I think Makai Flowers has a flair that can, you know, help uh, create some big plays, you know, and I, I think he, he might command uh, a little bit of a bit role as a redshirt freshman next year that he can keep growing into that safety job. But I think he's the kind of guy that you, you'll want to get him on the field. And if you can, well, maybe that's in the return game. You want to get the ball in his hands too. And this is another thing that I've just loved about Manny Diaz's defense. There are so many people who play and contribute that it's easier to get in the cycle. It's not, okay, there's two safeties. We're done there. We saw how many, what were they playing? Like five, six safeties this year? Yeah, I mean, you, you look at, obviously, Jair Brown, um, Keaton Ellis, Zachy Wheatley, Jalen Reed, KJ Winston got some got some good run out there. Yeah, and and you you see some unique packages, and I think the thing with with Manny Diaz is I, a lot of coaches will will say, you know, I want to put my best players in position to succeed, but and, you know, and it's players over scheme, but a lot of times it is scheme over player. Uh, I think with Manny Diaz, what he showed as much as anything this year is that if you have a particular skill, if you do something extremely well, you'll get put in a position to do that thing or use that skill. And I think that's something that will be, it'll be interesting to see with Makai Flowers and what he does well as a player. Um, and I think that it's such a friendly system for, for playmakers because they know like, okay, I don't have to be everything. Uh, if I don't have a full handle on the full scope of my job, maybe I come in, I play a role on third down, or maybe I, you know, I get sent on blitzes or whatever. Uh, I think Makai Flowers will be a guy that that has a particular skill set that Manny Diaz might want to use. And here's another guy who I think fits exactly what you're talking about, and that's Keon Wiley. And I'm going to pat myself on the back a little bit. Before the season started, one of my predictions was one of these Philadelphia defensive end slash linebackers was going to really step up. Well, I think Abdul Carter made me look good with that prediction. Keon Wiley is another guy who played mostly at defensive end, right, in high school, rushing the quarterback, getting to the quarterback was his thing. Gee, that seems to be one of those things that Manny Diaz likes. Oh, yeah. I mean, without a doubt, like especially if, if he can move him around the formation uh, and use that skill in a variety of ways, kind of like Abdul Carter, you know, who who – isn't it interesting? Like you can look back on the film and I loved Abdul Carter's film, but like, what did everybody miss? 
You know, like what, what, what is it that, that, and, and I'm not just saying people dopes like us, I'm saying like other teams and recruiting services, like clearly he was valued as a player, but they, they, it was just the, the impact that he could make was clearly missed. Uh, with Keon Wiley, I think that that skill to get after the passer is very much uh, legitimate. And he spent, he probably needed this year to learn how to be an off the ball linebacker and to see things from that angle and to step back from the line of scrimmage and to play in space more, um, all those different types of things. So I'll, I'll be interested to see if he made leaps and bounds there because I, I think he's another exciting Philadelphia product who has a clearly defined um, strength coming in. You know, he's going to work on all the other stuff, but when push comes to shove, you can send him from just about anywhere. And he just seems to have a, a, a real good feel for how to leverage guys, how to beat him with speed, how to beat him with uh, power. So I think him as a pass rusher will be utilized just like Abdul Carter, just like we saw with Curtis Jacobs a lot. Jair Brown did it a lot. Johnny Dixon did a lot. Everybody was sent after the quarterback which shows up and if you look at Penn State's tackles for loss numbers and their sack numbers, the number of players who got involved and made plays in the backfield is pretty astounding. And I would think whether Keon Wiley is a reserve, whether he's on the 2D, whatever his role is next year, maybe he gets involved in that fun too. And, you know, I, I'm going to use the expression, doesn't matter if he's first team or not, because there's like 22 first teamers on defense, the way they way it works. And it works out very well. The other thing, it's a little off topic, but you hit on it with Abdul Carter. Now, he was a four-star recruit, which means he was highly recruited. However, digging a little bit, just a little bit deeper, Dusty, do you know his national rank was? 287th. Yeah. Yeah, People thought there were 286 better players coming in in this class. In this one class, 286 better players who are better. I mean, four-star grade is not a bad grade, but clearly, you know, he was different or more prepared um, or his skill set translated a little better. What what I loved about him was that at that size, 6'4", 235, which in high school, that's a big defensive end. You know, on the, on the average team, if you're 6'4", 235, you're a pretty big dude at defensive end. But what I really loved about him was his, his ability and desire to get downhill, his ability to get in space, and what we've seen as a freshman as well, his ability to close on ball carriers when he diagnoses and makes that sprint towards where the ball's going. You know, all those things have translated so much better to the college game than I think a lot of people probably anticipated. And the other part to this, he was number 10 in the state of Pennsylvania and 28th at linebacker. Yeah. All right. How about that? Yes. So much for the experts, Dusty. <laughs> Let's go on. We have a couple more quick players to get to. How about Tyrese Mills? What are you looking for from him? I think it's interesting that that they made the move um, to, to make him a linebacker type. You'll see his his role probably blurred. Um, if you can move extremely well as a as a linebacker, if you can move like a safety, that helps you. I like the fact that even if it's midway through this season, the fact that he got a lot of really good practice reps and stuff as a linebacker can help him grow in the offseason. So I think he's somebody that um, I don't think should be ignored by any stretch 
at the linebacker position. Um, you know, I, I think we came into this year with big time question marks. And when you have a guy emerge like Abdul Carter uh, in year one, kind of out of nowhere, uh, that helps to answer a lot of questions. I think we'll have fewer questions at linebacker next year, but I do think that, uh, you know, that, that second tier of linebackers will be an interesting group to watch. Uh, Tyrese Mills will, will maybe be trying to do what Jonathan Sutherland has set out to do. And I think he can be more dynamic in doing it. So uh, the, the role that Sutherland played this year, picture somebody who moves better and probably hits a little harder. The lines have been blurred so much. You know, it reminds me a little bit about basketball where you have point forwards, you know. It's the same kind of deal where we're seeing one player playing on all three levels. And it's that safety linebacker position that is blurred the most. And Jonathan Sutherland was really just the prototype. And it really wasn't so much him moving from safety to linebacker as he was this hybrid, which I sense it seemed like uh, Penn State had tried that for a few years, a few different times, and it never seemed to go very well. Now it just seems like you, you had Jair Brown. He played, he was safety, but he played a linebacker type position where he came up to the box. He was up at the line of scrimmage going after the quarterback. And that's what we're looking for anymore with players on a Manny Diaz defense. It appears to me anyway, Dusty. And, and I think um, that particular player who can successfully blur the lines, who's not like, I think, and, and, you know, like, I think if you compiled my clips about Jonathan Sutherland over the years, it would seem that I have like a big grudge against him or something. I think he was a guy who was neither a linebacker nor a safety and that Penn state wanted to use, like had brought a lot of intangibles and what was football smart and all that. And he was the best choice for the job at the time, but you saw him sort of get phased out a bit over time uh, this past season. I think Tyrese Mills can be that guy and they're not just making an excuse to try to get a veteran, you know, a, a spot on the field. He can be that guy. And not to ignore the defensive linemen, but we saw defensive ends drop back in coverage also. So they do it too. And finally, not to ignore the special teams, Alec, Alex Bichetta, he's going to be the punter next year, right? I mean, it's hard to see him not being the punter. I thought I thought he was going to be the punter this year, but Bar Barney Moore did a really good job through the spring, through the summer, and uh, through the early part of the season. So I think Bichetta, it's, it's his job to lose. It's not to say that he won't play himself out of it, but uh, he's the punter of the future, and I think he's the punter of the present as well. Really good frame, really good athleticism. Uh, just kind of comes down to consistency for him. I think you are right with that. Now, stick around. Quarter number four coming up. Just as I promised, the voice of Penn State Wrestling, Jeff Byers, is going to be with us. Stay tuned for that. The Nittany Lions are headed to Pasadena for the Rose Bowl, and you can join them. Collegiate Athletic Travel is offering a three-night package, including nonstop charter flight with Southwest Airlines from Harrisburg to L.A. Burbank Airport. Stay at the Lowe's Hollywood Hotel. Rose Bowl parade tickets and all transfers are included. Here's your chance to attend the Rose Bowl and let Collegiate Athletic Travel do all the work. Land-only package is available, too. Go to athletictravel.com or call 814-238-4987. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. 
Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. Hi, this is Dustin Hawkinsmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to keystonesportsnetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's keystonesportsnetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. We headed to the home stretch in quarter number four on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports and app from your back smartphone. To the Keystone Kickoff Show with his quarter number four. I'm Jim Galante along with Dustin Hawkinsmith. And just as promised, a special, very special guest. The voice of Penn State Wrestling, Jeff Byers. Jeff, welcome to the show. My mom always told me I was very special, so I appreciate the introduction, Jeff. <laughs> well, it's not often we get you know a big-time guy like Jeff Byers on our show, so it's absolutely fantastic. Only The only issue we have is, as I mentioned earlier, I'm wrestling illiterate. I like watching Penn State Wrestling. It's fun to watch a winner. But that is why we have our own resident wrestling expert, and that's Dustin Hawkinsmith. And it's why I'm just going to throw the interview over to Dustin and let him handle it. Get out of the way, Jim. You didn't you didn't disclose, by the way, that you're actually functionally Ill- illiterate too. Not just wrestling illiterate. You're you're very versatile with your illiteracy, and I I applaud you for that. You're also a very special boy, um, Jeff. I. Jeff, I, I I never had a chance to meet Jeff, but I've heard such wonderful things. And I know that people who follow Penn State wrestling follow with so much passion, Jeff, and they really, really enjoy the fact that you bring so much passion to what you do for this team. And, you know, you've been doing this for the better part of three plus decades. Uh, and I know that before Kale Sanderson arrived, that you had a lot of highs and you saw a lot of really good wrestlers. But to have this program be where it is in this sport, dominating it the way that it has. How how cool of a ride has it been for you this last decade or so? Yeah, it, it's one of those things. I mean, I, I literally do pinch myself every now and then uh, because it, it, you know, people and I joke, it, you know, how is it going? I'm living the dream. I actually am living the dream. I mean, I, I was a kid that grew up uh, loving Penn State wrestling uh, going to rec hall from the time I was probably about three or four years old and uh, watching matches and to, and I've said to many people over the years, I mean, I truly loved 
covering the team from day one uh, and was very, very grateful for the opportunity and uh, truthfully wondered if I'd ever get the chance to call a national championship team. That was uh, the goal for so long, and it was such a, a big mountain to climb, and there were a couple of years uh, under Rich Lorenzo and then uh, you know one under John Fritz where I really thought you know that they might get here. Uh, and it obviously never materialized. And then, you know, the whole paradigm shift of uh, college wrestling with the announcement that Cal was hired here at, at Penn State, you knew it was going to mean Penn State was going to be uh, an instant contender. And Cal, to his credit, when he came in, said, you know, the goal isn't to win a national title. We're, we're looking to win national titles and be contending uh, on a regular basis. I'm not sure even Cal, uh, if you put truth serum into him, believed or, or thought that this was the type of dynasty that was going to happen. But, um, you know, it's to Cal's credit, but it's also the uh, support structure that was in place here and that obviously Cal brought with them, starting with uh, Cody and Casey, who uh, I just don't think you're going to find three better human beings on the planet than uh, those three who uh, lead up the, the coaching staff and Jimmy Kennedy's been a great addition, but you know, you look at the Nittany Lion wrestling club and all of the value that that brings uh, and the guys that they have involved with that. Uh, and again, it's not just that they're great wrestlers. It's the character uh, of the people that they've assembled. I mean, a Kyle Snyder and a David Taylor, a Zane Rutherford and, and a Thomas Gilman, who uh, again, you're just not going to find better people uh, let alone wrestlers. And I think that's been, you know, for me, the, the really neat thing is, yes, I've loved calling the uh, the national championships and uh, being able to see up close and personal all of these titles. But it, it makes it so much better when you know that these are genuinely good people that it's easy to root for uh, and that they're doing things the right way. I think uh, I would much rather, like I was, I would love to see Kale with truth theorem in him. I, I w- if there was a brag serum, I would love to hear him say anything remotely that hinted at greatness or, or that kind of put what his program is doing in perspective. But his modesty and humility about it is like it's borderline aggravating. Like you, you, you just want to see this guy talk about that, but he won't he won't go to that place. Yeah, and I'll tell you, the more, uh, as I'm getting older and, and starting to uh, maybe get uh, just a, a morsel of wisdom here and there, the one thing that I am discovering is that you're, you're truly successful people, and I'm talking about the, the top-end people. And listen, I've, I've had the chance to, you know, I covered Joe Baturna when he was here, uh, you know, Cal Sanderson now, uh, but when you read biographies of of you know, top level people, whether it's in business or politics or uh, the, the sports world, it, it really is that focus on what's next and, and they don't get caught up. And, and it's amazing to me because it's one of the things that, I mean, I, I try to do is stay present in the moment, understand that, you know, I have some goals that I'm shooting for long term, but the way to get there is to really focus on, on you know, the moment and getting the most out of each moment. And there's a lot of people, including me, that, that try to do that and, and say they're going to do it. There are very few that can truly do that, can truly appreciate the day for the day, understanding what the long-term goals are and that it's going to take a daily process to get there, 
And then to get others to buy into it is the remarkable thing uh, about Penn State. And it's just been such a consistent thing. And yeah, Cal, I mean, it is a genuine uh, humility because he's not really worried about what it is that, that he's accomplished or the program or even his kids have accomplished. It's, all right, how can we get better uh, today? And, and I mean, it starts, you would not know on the plane rides or the bus rides back from nationals, whether Penn State came in first, whether they came in last, whether they had five champions, whether they had no champions. The conversations are not generally about wrestling, uh, if they are, it's about specific matches that, that occurred, but it is always then with the, an eye toward, man, I, you know, I, I hope we can get this guy to improve here. I, we hope we can get this guy to improve there. Uh, and, and it starts, I mean, the, the very next day they come back from nationals, they're back in the room, uh, you know, rolling around with the guys and it's just a, a constant focus on, on improving and, and making the most of each day. And, Again, there's a lot of people that try to do that. I, I just think there's very few that uh, truly do it as consistently as as these guys do. And I think that that's a real big key is that that Kale, what he's looking for in a wrestler and what he's trying to preach, he he walks that too. And um, I think that's so important. Like I, I was struck. I talked to um, Roman Bravo Young over the summer, and I asked I ask everybody this who's close to the program: How is it? That in these big moments, you guys are able to stay so calm. And, and, and I think that's been such a big advantage at nationals in particular. And his, more or less his response. And now he's more laid back than your average Penn State wrestler is. But his response was basically, well, it's only the national title match. And it's like, I, I know not everybody thinks that way, but clearly there's a mindset that Penn State is attracted to. They find it and they cultivate it. Yeah, and there's a couple of components to it, I, I think, that have, have really separated what Penn State's doing for, from the rest of the field. And the one is that they get those team-first guys. And in a sport that is as individualized as wrestling is, I mean, it's obviously just you and your opponent on the mat. It is you out there. But when they recruit, I mean, it, it is really specific obviously you need talented kids kids that have uh, accomplished something on the mat but they've turned away I mean they haven't even approached guys that have had terrific high school accolades if when the coaching staff goes to a match or even if they hear through the grapevine that uh, these kids at, at, at matches that they attend are not on the bench rooting on their uh, teammates when the, the dual meets going on and, and you have it every now and then. I mean, again, it's an individualized sport, and there are guys that, man, I'm just focused on what I want to do and uh, be the best I, I can be, and i got to be in my own little world to do that. And they're, they're you know, standoffish. And that is – it's just an immediate red flag, and it's not somebody that Penn State will recruit because they want these guys uh, that are team-first oriented and that, uh, that are going to be there for their teammates. And then – you know, the other part is, uh, well, one of the other parts is that I do think they really try to focus on these guys that have the highest of aspirations. And so it, it's yeah. not that they're trying to come in and win national titles. It's that that's a stepping stone to either becoming a, a UFC champion or an Olympic gold medalist or something along those lines. And, you know, the other Part of it, I, I, I think a third thing would be 
they also do look for guys that prioritize wrestling and that it is an important part of their life, but it's not their entire life. And I, I've seen it, uh, Dustin, when you go to nationals, you can see the guys, I, I mean, you can pick them out, that this is everything to them. And it's a subtle thing, but it's it's a really important difference between wanting the opportunity and being grateful for the opportunity to wrestle for a national title and thinking that your life's meaning revolves around being able to accomplish this goal. And, and I'm just telling you, across the board, and I know Penn State, you know, other fans, uh, other teams' fans make fun of Penn State guys for, oh, you know, we're just here to have fun. I am telling you that it, it is that perspective of, listen, what an opportunity I have here. What a neat thing this is that I get to wrestle for the national title and if if I win it, man, this is going to be one of the great things that's that's going to happen to me. And if I don't, I you know it's a bummer. I put a lot into it. I want to do it, but these guys aren't focused on that's the end of their life. And they know that this is a wonderful opportunity. This is a really cool thing. They put a lot into it, but then there's a whole rest of their life that they have to go out and uh, and lead. And I think it's why so many of these guys uh, have gone on, are going on, and will go on to have future success well beyond the wrestling match. We did have a Penn State duel on Sunday afternoon. We're going to spend about 30, 30 seconds on it. 31-3, they beat Oregon State. Those guys travel cross-country to, to go through that. Uh, you saw RBY back in the lineup for a major. Bo Bartlett got a nice 5-3 win. Uh, nice crowd moment for Donovan Ball at 184, filling in for, for Aaron Brooks. And then I think you saw Max Dean uh, coming back uh, after back-to-back losses with a good 6-3 win there too. Uh, Jeff, hate to run out the clock on you there, but I just wanted to kind of recap some of the key yep. details of the actual action on the mat. Uh, we'll be seeing you more here, Jeff, coming up on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Uh, and Jim, about right back at you. Yeah, unfortunately, that is it. We are out of time. Jeff, I really hope you could come back. Would love to hear more from you. You got it's it. Fantastic. But that's it for the show. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Dustin. And thank you all for listening. Make sure you join us next time on the Keystone Kickoff Show. The Nittany Lions are headed to Pasadena for the Rose Bowl, and you can join them. Collegiate Athletic Travel is offering a three-night package, including nonstop charter flight with Southwest Airlines from Harrisburg to L.A. Burbank Airport. Stay at the Lowe's Hollywood Hotel, Rose Bowl parade tickets, and all transfers are included. Here's your chance to attend the Rose Bowl and let Collegiate Athletic Travel do all the work. Land-only package is available, too. Go to athletictravel.com or call 814-238-4987. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. Hi, this is Dustin Hawkinsmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to keystonesportsnetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's keystonesportsnetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network.
StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love.